Hello, and welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast with Tattooed Trader. We learn about option spreads, which is something I really didn't understand prior to this interview, and now I'm obsessed with learning them. Big shout out to Champagne Shark for help, or Evan, as I call him. Thank you to Evan slash Champagne Shark for helping me host this episode, and I know you guys are going to learn a lot. If you could do me a huge favor and give us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, you would really be helping us out. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Pennies Going In Raw. The stock market is hotter than ever right now, and traders are taking advantage. But what does that mean for the people who still haven't started trading? The market can be a little intimidating at first, but you don't have to be alone in the learning experience. We at the Pennies Going In Raw podcast are here to help you. I'm Dan, and with my co-host, Hugh Henney, we make the stock market a fun but informative experience for our listeners. We offer knowledge for all levels of traders, from beginners to those who do it full-time. On PGIR, we discuss up-to-date news about the stock market and interview other traders who all started out just like us and made it big. You'll hear from Hugh and other multi-millionaire traders, founders and CEOs of companies, FinTwit superstars, and even professional athletes. Have you ever thought about investing your hard-earned cash but don't know where to start? Do you have money just sitting in your savings account collecting dust? We were all there once too. Listen to Pennies Going In Raw on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Paper. Welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. Thanks for having me, Penny. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming. We oh, also no, have you. we have Champagne slash Evan back. Evan, are we we're out with your name now or no? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. My name is Evan, so it makes sense. I kind of like it. I've been sort of getting more into calling you Evan, so I feel like we should go with it. Okay, all right. You know what I like? I like his sexy hipster glasses, I'm not going to lie. Are these blue uh, light glasses? He's, yeah. he's got something on there. Yeah, because sure. uh, I look at computer screens all day, yeah. So I have like this like coating that blocks blue light because, <laughs> I don't know, I was told that it's better for me. So here I am. Should we all Should we all do it? Just nerd now, look at yeah. Yeah, 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 100%. All of us. 100%. Um, wait, paper, are yours for blue lights too? Uh, I don't, I mean, maybe. You know, cool. I think at some point they mentioned that to me and I just agreed because that's what I, I generally do yeah. when I go to medical professionals. I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever you say. Speaking of medical professionals, Evan, what's the benefit of a blue light glass? So, I mean, I'm not an eye doctor, but I guess it's supposed to, like, prevent fatigue and somehow uh, you're supposed to be able to look at computer screens longer. I don't know. I mean, it's a gimmick I was sold on. So, obviously, I mean, it might not be a gimmick. It might be real. I don't sure, have. Well, okay. let's well, try not to get just sued here. Okay? Every eye doctor <laughs> in the country. Yes. Way to go, Champy. Uh, here we go. Um, so oh, you're not an eye doctor, but do you think these will help my migraines? They could, yeah. I mean, it'll reduce strain on your eyes, yeah. Yeah, paper, I've been having a bout of migraines and have taken over uh, Evan as my personal physician. It's true. You know what Which I've heard nice. works? is if you put your feet in a bucket of hot water or warm water and then uh -huh. like frozen peas or some sort of frozen vegetable behind your neck it's supposed to like i know i'm not a doctor i don't know if you know that but 
You know, it's supposed to like help draw, you know, the blood. Draw the blood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't I sound medically professional? That sounds like it could work. They got that in textbooks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The migraines have been fairly debilitating. So, yeah. I actually just got prescribed dry needling. Did I tell you that? Oh, no, I didn't hear that yet. Yeah. So I dry needling. Take that up next. Dry needling. I what is you know, dry the glasses needling kind of? are, uh, I, I'm not sure, but in my mind, okay. I think it's like um, acupunct- acupuncture. Yeah. Or, those yeah. Are, those are needles. I, would, I don't know. I don't know what it is either. Yeah. Guys, the glasses Champy, thing how many, is. How many years of medical school did you go to? Uh, to not know about dry needling. <laughs> I mean, everybody you know, goes through the same. Amount. I'm just glad that you can confirm yeah. that dry needling, in fact, involves needles. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It may not. It may not. You don't know. Yeah, it might not. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh man. Well, surely it does. Surely it's just like because apparently mine are like half migraine, half tension. Oh. So it's like. Anyway, enough about the migraines. Yeah. I don't know if I'm totally, it's a Monday night. I don't know if I'm ready to get right into the trading. Do you guys have any other fun topics before we dive in? I don't even know. I haven't done anything exciting. Are you wearing a Shroot Shroot Farm shirt? Yeah, I am. I'm wearing a Shroot Farm. Is this something? He is. He is, in fact. Is this something you ordered on the up. internet? I thought it was like a whole thing, you know what I mean? But, it's a whole thing. You, know, you all want to show up thing. with, yeah. with hey, sweatshirts I wore, I wore and hipster glasses. The first time. I too was nervous. Look, look, I'm repping my uh, hippie lifestyle. So, I, you know, yeah. we accept all kinds of sweatshirts on this Are show. Are you a hippie, Penny? I feel like yeah. I could, you know, see you hitting a joint from time to time when the kids are asleep. Well... I cannot confirm or deny that. Right. Okay. Well, we all know the answer to that now, don't we? I mean, I have seen fish like 80 times or something. So that is a lot of of times to see fish. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I would agree. It might be like 65. It's somewhere over 50. My husband has a stat tracker where he like puts in all his shows and know exactly he knows exactly how many he's been to. Wow. And I'm just like, I've been to a lot with him. So that's how I've gotten to my number. Well, that's not scientific. Hey, it's also how I track my trades, you know? I feel like we're up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Penny, do you, do you push your merch ever? Like, do you ever bring it up? Um. This merch? Yeah. Yeah. No, I have not pushed it yet on the podcast. But look, we're like twin bonering here. Yeah, twin boners. Because Shark twin says, I, I would have one penises. if I could, but I, you know, I need to order yeah. one, I guess. I guess. I Should I just start sending them out to everyone who comes on the podcast? Like, thank you for being on the podcast. Have a boner mug. Yeah. Keep your pins in it. Look at that. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. It does say the podcast name on the front. If you want to I mean, you know, PC. generally when I'm given boners, I'm pretty appreciative of it, but you know. <laughs> I mean, you I know, like that. If you're, hand, like if you're that. handing them out, you know. 
Don't be looking to get horse in the mouth. Sometimes like, all right, great. Thank you. This is, it's just, you know, since you gave me an opportunity to sell this mug. Yeah. It's got this beautiful, like, coated inside, which I really like. And then we've got a matte matte, finish here. Matte black is A matte, M-A-T-T-E, matte. I worked with my girl Liz Lemon on this design. (laughs) And we were like, very, very much, it had to be the matte. Now, you can order one of these cheapies for like, a dollar a piece with mm-hmm. the glaze. That's the cheap way to go. These bad boys cost like five dollars. The way it is, but they're so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. So these mugs actually cost six dollars and fifty cents. If we really want to get into it. Yep. Plus, and that is including the shipping I paid to get them to Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And then they cost about ten dollars for me to box and ship. Okay. So that's sixteen fifty. Oh God. I know, and then I'm charging fifteen dollars for them. Yeah, that You're, doesn't seem like I'm a not a businesswoman. Business yeah. I'm I'm not <laughs> a businesswoman. But what would you pay for a you gotta beautiful matte black? You got to cut your costs. Listen, you got to cut your costs. You got to manufacture them in China. You got to underpay all your workers, and then you know, yeah, I want, sure. them I want when they come for raises. Exactly. Exactly. Correct, yep. Exactly. Okay, well, you as them, a consumer you know, of this beautiful mug. at another podcast that pays a decent wage, not here at the Penny Lane Podcast. Not here, not you for know. Penny. You gotta, you gotta watch now, those as a you know consumer, I mean? would you want the cheaper, should I have sprung for the cheaper mug and try to make money for it? Because all I care about is this, is you guys having this beautiful matte finish. So I'm willing right. to eat a dollar fifty per mug. But why? Why? Yeah, do you but which is how, insane. How many do you? How many do you sell? You know what I mean. I mean, it turns into a hundred mugs a year. You know, two hundred mugs. Yeah, a year, I think we've over five or ten years. I think we've sold about twenty, and I have about okay, well, fifty. So I have okay. thirty well, more I need bad, to sell. But, it's not know. too bad. Right. Right. Yeah. I got to up the price. Well, you know what I could do is just up the shipping to 10 because people are usually like shipping doesn't really register. Just call yeah. it inflation. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, wheat. Inflation, I, I'm using, I'm using wheat to make yeah. these. Yeah. We don't Supply have wheat anymore. Issues. You got to, you got to increase yeah. your prices for shipping because, you know, Putin did it or something. Sure. I actually saw some other trading merch the other day. So I sell these great sweatshirts that are fabulous. I wear them all the time. I sell them for $35. I saw I saw another uh, operation selling them for $65. Wow. I'm not a businesswoman. I am not a you businesswoman. Clearly are not. Clearly. Uh, there's an opening <laughs> for a business manager. <laughs> Find us on LinkedIn, please. (laughs) Somebody hit us up. Indeed. Anybody want to apply? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to manage money. (laughs) Funny enough. (laughs) You went into a purely money, like, base sector. You're just like, I'm terrible with money. Terrible. Totally. Totally. Someone's like, hey, what's your win rate this month? I'm like, pretty good. Pretty good. Better you than the <laughs> Uh No, Shark sent me a little cheat, a little sheet, a spreadsheet. But yeah. as I very yeah. famously said on Twitter recently, filling out a spreadsheet makes me want to vomit. Like legitimately, uh, I mean, when I have to do, do things, 
so tedious like that. I get like a real nausea. But hey, you you tw every day you tweet out what you did. Blank. Right. Right. And I have my own private Discord. So if I wanted to go back and add it oh. up. Oh, private Discord. I do you have you a for that, Evan? You throw on I am not in that Discord. Blank. I know. No, I'm only... not either. I guess we're not There's only the private penny. Three Discord. people in the Discord. So it's actually the most exclusive Discord in Yeah, Pintway. Exactly. Seems pretty exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking, fucking Discords. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Things get wild in there too. We're we're going over my trades. I mean, you know, Penny. Though I will say the one thing. I mean, I like a lot of things about you, but the one thing I like a lot is that you're very transparent. I think that's kind oh, of a, a a big problem in like the fin twit world, right? That's another reason why I really respect Shark is that. You know, you have these guys who just post like, you know, this is my new Lamborghini. It's my fifth one this week. Um, I would like one for, you know, a different color every day of the week. And then like people see that and people who are less educated about the complexity of trading are just like, oh, I'll just YOLO a bunch of money into, you know, weekly out of the money calls on something ridiculous. and then. They're flabbergasted when it, you know, goes sideways on them. So when I see people, you know, in the FinTwit community who are transparent and like, I took a loss today, you know, I like seeing that. You know what I mean? Keeps you grounded. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a tough pill You're to welcome. swallow since I've been losing so much. But I, I also think it's important. You've been grinding yeah, away you on Apple, that, though. Yeah, you are. And it keeps, you know, like I said, it keeps you grounded, right? So the other thing is, is like, you have that, you know, there's that social contract where you're like, fuck, I don't want to post that I, I'm going to take another L today. And it kind of forces yeah. you to like, you know, take the trades that work, you know, wait for the right setup, yeah. don't slap the ask, you know, wait for the technical setup and, uh, you know enter a trade that you have a high confidence of being successful. You know, it's really easy to load a bunch of low floats and then tweet out to your hundred thousand followers that, you know, Oh, X, Y, Z is going to the moon. You know what I mean? But it's hard to be a technical trader. You know what I mean? I like, I like that about options. Yeah. I like that. Can't do that. I also like that they don't knife out of nowhere. You can see a knife coming. Oh uh, yeah, me feel yeah. I mean, for sure you could <laughs> you could get knife, especially on things like SBX. But you know, it, you definitely can't load a bunch of options. I mean, typically, and then pump them unless you have like some real reach. I um once on one of my last penny stock trades bought. I was doing insane stuff. I was over PDT. So I'm in like 1,300 shares or something. Like, I mean, just insane size. I would do it all the time. All I love, the time. Betty, I love your trading history. Paper, I don't know if you know what Betty used to trade like. Yeah, when, when she, she first started, like, she was like, oh, I go all in. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm She's all like, in. literally my yeah. entire portfolio. And I'm like, yeah, no, I had. Every position. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had like $28,000 in a position. That was all oh, I had man. to my name. Oh, it's weekly, so stressful. Weekly option. It's so stressful. No, 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 no. no. I never full ported in an let option. Me, let, no. me, let me imagine, please. It's better that way. Okay. But anyway, I'd be, I'd be 28K in a penny stock. No problem. I used to every day put 28K in DWAC. Every day. Oh, my God. Hey, just, I had a pretty good trade on uh, DWAC warrants. I think I bought like a, I don't know, a shit ton of them in the Roth at like 12 bucks. I was pleasantly surprised. Good I woke for, up the next day, they were at like $70. That the, like the first day it pumped. You remember that? Oh, yeah. That was oh, a good trade. Yeah. I literally that day was like, this is why I trade. Like, this is like, this is what I want. I mean, I was so, I was so into it. God, I loved it. I loved it. And then I gave all the money back trying to make it happen. Anyway, Uh, uh, so I'm like 28K in this penny stock trade. And I go to put a stop in. And of course, I'm trading on my phone at this time, as all great traders do. And it just knifes and halted down. And I was like... Well, just wait here 15 <laughs> minutes or whatever. It just kept like getting pushed back. I was like, <laughs> gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't trade like that anymore, but it wasn't good for the heart. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a weak heart, yeah. don't full port a penny stock without a stop in. And it, it doesn't even actually really matter if you have a stop in or not. I think that's part of the process, though. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when I first started, like, I had been trading since. I mean, I've I've always been an investor, right? I've always held equities, like, you know, since I was a young lad, you know, even before college. Um, but I didn't really, you know, fuck around with options until, like, 2019. And I got, like, most of my original education from fucking Wall Street bets. Like, before, before the whole GameStop AMC thing. Yeah. I remember... You know, I had like 10 grand or 15 grand laying around and I put them on, I read about options because I was on uh, Reddit and there was this board called uh, Very Interesting or Interesting as Fuck, something like that. And there was this article about uh, how asteroid mining is going to be like a $50 trillion industry by like 2050, right? Yeah, and I was just like kind of offhandedly, you know, jokingly said, "Well, how do you invest in that?" And somebody said, "Well, I found the idiot from Wall Street Bets," and I remember clicking on that link to Wall Street Bets, and like my life changed at that point. Right? I took ten thousand dollars. I took ten thousand dollars, and I put them on out of the money calls on fucking Purple Mattress Company. Okay, if you can wrap your head around the ridiculousness <laughs> of this situation, like ten grand weekly out of the money options. It might have been monthly, but I just out of the money, right? Ten thousand dollars, and I turned it into like thirty grand because this was back in you know beginning of twenty twenty. It was after the COVID crash. You know the Fed was pumping fucking money into the stock market and into the bond market. And I remember so clearly, like, talking to this girl that I was dating at the time. I was like, this is so easy. Like, you just, 
buy these things just, and they grow in value. Because every yeah. day I opened up my Robinhood account and I was up like $2,000, right? <laughs> and so I turned that 10 grand into like $40,000. Didn't take profits though. You know, I wanted that sure. Rolex. I wanted the sure. Lambo. So I was like, sure. I'm going to hold through earnings because this guy Ooh. on Reddit says yeah. that, you know, yeah. it can't get yeah, tits this up, is, right? This is a no-lose situation. Right. There's, there's no way I could lose a fucking single dollar. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so, so I remember so explicitly, like, I was a, a project manager for a, a very big uh, civil construction flood job. And the worst part about it is not only was i balls deep in it but i was telling everybody bro yeah i was telling all my crew guys i was telling the superintendent i was like sell the wife mortgage the house go all in on purple fucking mattress right and so i turned you know like i said i turned like 10 grand into 40 grand i never took profits i held through two weeks of bleed Leading up to ER because all smart money was getting out. They knew what was going on. They knew what was about to happen. And I held through earnings. And so I took 10 grand to 40 grand to three grand overnight. Right. <laughs> and, and I just got smoked. I remember at that point thinking, like, okay, I got to learn what the fuck is actually going on here because <laughs> I, I was still on Robinhood. I was trading, you know, off of line charts. I didn't know what theta was. I didn't know anything about the Greeks. I was just like, buy this. And if it goes up, you make money. Right. Sure. So that's kind of how I, I, I got into derivatives and into options was from a mattress company, believe it or not. All right. I have a couple, <laughs> I have a couple of things. First of all, Big compliment to you. You know, every once in a while I get on a podcast and I'm just not feeling real linear on the podcast, which is what happened to me today. And kudos to you for taking the reins and really getting your story out there. Yeah, I was trying to really appreciate it. I'm fucking falling apart here. I want to get this over (laughs) with. No, so happy you did it. Second of all, I have this friend named Garth Gaines. This guy's crazy. He's been on the podcast. He's been to prison. Love this guy. One of my one of my best trading yeah. friends. And he uh, he used to chart on Robinhood and would like send mm. me and my friend like a line graph with like on his phone. He'd gone to the edit thing and drawn a little a little line on it. And we were like, Oh man, got you got you got to get off the line. Got to get off okay. the line. So honestly, <laughs> for anybody listening, if you're on Robinhood, like just stop okay i mean honestly (laughs) there's a reason there's no real you know technical analysis ability you know coded into that broker like literally their largest customer is citadel like all they do is payment for order flow if you buy a call if everybody on the robin hood platform buys a call Robinhood tells Citadel, like, hey, all these fucking idiots are buying calls. And then Citadel just fades the play. Like, you, you're playing a rigged game on this whole idea of, like, a free brokerage. I mean, I think Weeble is kind of the, oh, I had no idea. In the same situation, right? Like, if you want to be yeah. serious about trading, grow up a little bit, 
pay the commissions, get yourself a real broker. TOS is, is my broker. That's who I use. But, you know, there's plenty of good ones out there. But, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, I'm not paying commissions on this trade. Why? Why are you not paying commissions on right, this right. trade? There's, there's usually a reason, reason for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I cannot get a fill to save my life on Weeble, so... Yeah, you gotta get you on know, TOS. Can't yeah, I mean, use you, it. you bite the bullet. Oh no, I'm on. You pay sixty-five dollars or sixty-five swim. cents a trade, but your fills are, you know, automatic. And I mean, when it's I trade spreads, I have or... to sixty-five cents a trade. I have to pay for both legs, and I still use TOS. You know, my I mean, I've gotten my right. commissions down quite a bit because you know I, I trade a lot, but. I pay, I think, 45 or 40 cents a leg. You know, it adds up when you take these high-frequency trades, especially if you're a day trader. But, you know, it, it's worth it because a lot of the times in a trade, I would argue most times in a trade, you know, your fill is what is going to make or break the trade, right? It's going to dictate whether or not you're successful. And so, you know, if you're slapping the ask and you're, you know, 15, 20, 25 cents above where you want to be, you know, when you run the calculations on the ROR, the return on risk, like, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure. So in my opinion, you know, pay the brokerage fees, you know, get a real broker, sign up for TOS, you know. I think most of the pro people that you see trading are using TOS for a reason. I mean, think of like, you know, somebody like Shark, who is a fucking slayer, you know, in the market. Like, he uses TOS for a reason. And I think that he would agree with me. You know what I mean? We've done several interviews that have spawned off me getting to know Shark. And mm -hmm. just for... The listeners, there's been a like whole series, and this is also one of uh, it spawned from Shark's Room, Shark Tank. Just side note. Mm -hmm. Yes, Shark Tank. Champs, do you use Thinkorswim? Uh, I use so you know me. I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I day trade. I do, but I use I use Weeble for day trading. But that's like a very small part of my portfolio. I pretty much run everything through like Vanguard for my investments and stuff. I forget you're not a delinquent. <laughs> yeah, Champy, Champy's a boomer investor. He's been buying Google yeah. since like fifteen dollars a share. He's got those. He's got that dividend money. You know what I mean? Oh, dividend time! Yeah. Let's go. There's no greater right. time than getting a dividend. First off, just so you know, you got, you got to put that. Yeah, dividends there. are the shit. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Sure, I just got to get my investing account up enough to be able to get dividend. I can't talk to you about dividends for right me now, so. personally. Like when I kind of hit, like in my Roth, when I hit like the fifty thousand dollar mark, um, that's when I started kind of holding commons. I think before that, you know, one could argue it adds up, but you know, if you're, you know. Gonna account that's ten grand, and you're using half of that for commons. It's like yeah. that money could be allocated in more effective ways. You know what I mean? 
Totally. Oh, I agree. Totally. All right, so let's get into spreads. I don't know enough to okay. even ask you about them, so you might have to just spill That's it. That's okay. That's okay. So let me first tell you kind of how I discovered spreads. So again, this is a bit of a Wall Street bet story. Um, after the purple fiasco, I had you know effectively blown up my account. I had like four or five thousand sure. dollars left. You know, I told myself I wasn't going to put any more money in until I, you know, figured out what the fuck I was doing. And so I was just kind of on the general discussion board one day. And there were people who were talking about, you know, trading, you know, Tesla, Google, Amazon options. These, you know, these options where it's like even 100 points out of the money, it's like $1,000 a contract, right? And, you know, I kind of lamentingly said, you know, oh, I wish I could afford even one contract of a Tesla call or something on this guy's post. And he responded to me and he said, trade spreads, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and so at that point, I started researching what spreads were. And I figured out that they really kind of work for me and they're uh, an amazing instrument that pretty much anybody can utilize if they have a margin account, uh, if they have level three options trading enabled. Now, some of that comes down to which broker you use, but generally you got to have margin. Generally you got to be approved for level three trading and a spread is a lot it's a lot simpler than it sounds. I mean, there's a lot of like kind of technical talk when it comes to trading spreads because you're dealing with two option legs at the same time. But really, if you can long a call or long a put, you can trade a spread. The only difference is you're adding another option leg into the mix, right? So if you are bullish on an equity, and let's say the equity is like a large cap, options are pretty expensive, you've got a small account, you know, you don't want to shell out, you know, five or six dollars a contract to get into this trade. Um, you can trade a bullish call debit spread where you would buy an option and then sell an option at the same time, right? So if you are bullish on something and the underlying is trading at $50, right? You could, you know, buy a $55 call, which might be, you know, five or six bucks and, you know, use up all of that buying power to take that trade. Or you could spread it and you could buy a $55 call and sell a $60 call, right? And you'll receive a credit for the sale of that 60 strike option. And then it'll result in a net debit, right? So if you're paying $5 for a $55 call, and then you're selling a $60 call at $2 or $3, your net debit, the actual impact to your buying power is only two or three bucks, right? Uh -huh. So, you know, and this is kind of a side of options that not a lot of people think about, but 
everybody is interacting with them every day. If you're a single A trader, if you're day trading options or you're, you know, swing trading options, when you purchase that contract, you're buying it from somebody else, whether it's another individual investor or more or most likely, you know, a large fund or an MM who are, you know, making up the bulk of the options writing in the market, like somebody has to physically write that option in order for you to purchase it, right? They're selling you a covered call. So when you enter a spread trade, there's like a few benefits with that trade that you don't get in a single leg, right? Um, because you're long and short an option at the same time, like I mentioned, you're, you're getting that play at a cheaper, cheaper price. So you can typically buy more contracts with the same amount of buying power that you would, you know, spent on a few single legs, right? Now, the flip side to that is your gains are capped because when you're short on an option and you're long on an option, your long leg is going to gain value while your short leg loses value, right? So there is a cap, but you can still find, you know, spread trades that are like, you know, five, six, a thousand percent or more max gain. And like most day traders and swing traders aren't hitting those percentages anyway. So to me, it's like, why not add this short leg? Because it's almost like a built-in hedge, right? I, I'm a terrible day trader. I can't fucking do it. I don't know what it is. I like the longer time frames. I like the hourly chart. Entry, in this case, is not always my best, you know, my strength. So when you, let's say you're taking like a bull debit spread, right? Um, you're buying a call and you're selling a call. It's a directional play. As long as the equity moves up, as long as the underlying moves up, that long leg is going to gain value while the short leg loses value. But let's say, you know, you mistime your entry. It's not a perfect entry, right? In a day trade, that could mean the difference between a profitable trade and a losing trade, right? Uh, the swing trade, the same deal. But, you know, you mistime your entry. It kind of fades a little bit from when you entered the trade. <clears throat> you're going to lose value off your long leg. But you're also going to gain value on your short leg. So the net delta is offset, right? You're not going to lose as much of a value as you would in a single leg. You know, if, if you enter a, a call and, you know, the underlying fades from your entry, you know, in a single leg option, you could lose 20, 30, 50% pretty quick, right? But yep. in a spread, because that short leg is gaining value, as the underlying goes down, because keep in mind, like selling a call is a, is a bearish assumption, right? If you've got a bunch of shares and you want to sell calls, typically you're entering that sort of trade because you think, you know, the longer time frame charts, the daily or the weekly is kind of topped out. You don't want to sell your underlying yet. You want to receive some premium for those shares that you're holding. So you sell some calls, right? When you do that, that's a bearish assumption. So kind of the same thing in a spread trade. You're long and short at the same time. So, you know, you miss your entry and it fades, you're going to gain value on that short leg and it's going to kind of offset that loss a little bit, right? I have a question yeah. that I have to know the answer to before we can keep going. <clears throat> okay. 
can you, do you have to sell both legs at the same time? No, you don't. Uh, you can okay. leg in, which is something I can also talk about, which is typically how MMs are making money regardless of price action. They're legging in. You know, they're, they have large amounts of equities. They're selling calls against, uh, they're longing calls or puts. Uh, you know, these big funds, they're not losing generally, right? Right. So, you know, to answer your question, <coughs> no, you don't have to enter or sell at the same time. You can leg in and Okay. Out. And there's, there's some benefits to that, too, that I can talk about. So, like, SPY, I think we could all agree today yeah. on the 14th of March is fairly bearish, right? We're, we're in a yeah. downtrend on SPY. Right. Yeah. So you could have puts on spy because that's your thesis but then day trade could you and then you could day trade calls is that you can say no if that's not but like if i want if you wanted to hold no, the puts so, for three days so, okay so there's there's like a lot of different types of spreads right you know they could be four-legged you know two-legged is kind of the basic right you're long and short call you're long and short a put. Those are kind of, that's kind of the basic, right? Now you can be, you know, you can get into four-legged option strategies, six-legged option strategies, eight-legged option strategies, you know, you have the iron. I mean, iron. I can't. Right. Well, you could, though, right? <laughs> you know, there's things like the Jade Blizzard, a Butterfly Spread, a Bernadette Spread, an Iron Condor. There's a lot of different things that you could do, right? A lot of different options, yeah. Oh, I wish Typically, Justin the, was here. Justin, right. Justin loves options, an iron right? condor. Yeah. Right. An iron loves condor it. is when you sell a put credit spread and a call credit spread at the same time on the assumption that the underlying is going to more or less stay neutral. Uh, when the underlying expires in between your two short legs, your short call and your short put, it goes to max gain. That's an iron condor, right? Um, oh, it, cool. Right. So you're betting... That it's going to stay here. Yes. Oh, I like that. Oh. I like that a lot. Penny, we have only scratched the surface. Oh, my gosh. You know, it'd be great. That'd be a great way for me to get back into Lucid. Right. Oh. Right. So if you think something is ranging. Let's I mean, go. Again, this, is a, this is typically a more advanced option strategy to run an iron condor. You're kind of double dipping, right? You want it to be. Uh, expiring in between your short legs. Um, you could sell uh, a put credit spread or, you know, a call credit spread, depending on where you think the underlying is going to be. Um, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of options when it comes to spreads, right? So kind of what you were saying before, though, is if you're trading intraday and you know, today I, I was working all day, so I haven't really seen, I haven't had time to look at all the charts, but uh, everything looked pretty heavy. I thought we'd have a bounce this week. I took a little loss on some Tesla spreads and that small account challenge I'm doing. But um, what you could do is you could leg in and out of puts, right? So if you're looking at like the 10 minute chart, and you take puts, you, you, you long a put. You take, you know, when it traded today, now I'm in 
uh, Central Time. So let's say about 9.30, kind of when SPY topped, right? At 4, 4.24. You could take, let's call it 4.20 puts, right? And, and as the underlying fades towards your strike price, you could also sell a farther out of the money put and you'll receive premium against your long leg and it'll lower your, your cost basis. And then you'll have other benefits like theta and IV protection, right? Because, you know, <coughs> let's say you take today, you know, if it was more choppy than it was, right? And you get into puts and you think like, you know, whatever it is, Spy, Tesla, Apple, whatever you're playing, you think it's going to fade that day, but it's being real choppy, okay? In a single leg, you're going to long that put, right? You're going to buy a put from somebody else who's short on that put. And as soon as you buy it, you're starting to lose the game already. Unless there's a swift and decisive move, like in the direction that you're playing, you're going to start losing the theta, right? Which is this time decay over time. Um, because you have a spread active instead of a single leg, let's say you long a put and you're short a put, right? So on today's option, spy topped at like 424. Let's say you buy a 420 put and you sell a 415 put, right? You're farther away from the underlying. You're buying the 420, you're selling the 415. Now, as soon as you enter that trade, you are reaping the benefits of being short on an option. So let's say it's kind of choppy. It doesn't fade immediately, right? Instead of losing, you know, 20 or 30% on that contract in a single leg, you're going to gain theta on your short leg at the more or less, it's not 100% perfect, more or less at the same rate that you're losing it on your long leg. So in, right. those, in those days where all these single leg traders are losing their asses to theta, especially when you're running up to, you know, two or three or one day to expiration, and they're losing their ass because theta is chopping their contract to death, to me, it doesn't matter because I have a short leg. I've already received premium for it up front, and that short leg is gaining that value on theta as the underlying kind of chops around. And then when it finally does dump, I'm going to lose value on the short leg, but I'm going to gain it on the long leg, and it's going to end up being a profitable trade. And that's like one of the biggest things for me with spreads is that you don't have to worry so much about theta or IV loss because you're playing both sides. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a regular call or a regular put, but you've got a built-in hedge with that short leg. Now, do you take spreads um, for earnings? Yeah, you can. You can. Um, Is that you know you know champagne? You know I want to do it. Just like really, a real shock to the heart. I like can't, I really want to do it. And just let one go to zero. Oh, yeah. The thing that's I'd... nice about spreads again is happens. that because you're getting into these things at, you know, a, lo a lower cost basis than you would a single leg, your return on risk is much higher, right? If you're trading 
you know, calls or puts on an underlying for earnings, you know, and you buy a bunch of one or two days to expiration spreads, you know, you might only be spending, you know, 50 cents a contract. Whereas if you're buying a single leg, especially with the increased IV that kind of surrounds earnings play, you know, they might be a, you know, a buck or buck 50 per trade, right? So you could buy, you know, five or 10 spreads for the same cost as a single leg options trade when it comes to earnings. And then again, if it doesn't quite go the way that you want it to go, but it gets there eventually, it, you know, expires, you know, in your strike prices, it's still going to be a profitable trade because you're not going to deal with the IV loss or the theta as much because you have that short leg built in there. I wouldn't touch earnings on, honestly, in my opinion, I don't know why anybody trades single legs, period. But when it comes to earnings, especially, uh, you know, you're leaving yourself open to kind of a lot of things that could go wrong. When, totally. I, you know, when I was interviewing Dr. Bullshark, he was talking to me about taking both sides of an earnings play. And he's like, one's going to go to zero, yeah, one's not. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Justin was like, call, let's calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't done it yet, but I, I want to. I don't know. To me, earnings are like one of those things where it's like, if you got some fuck around money, you may as well take a, take a lotto, but yeah. You got to treat every earnings play as a lotto, right? If you're yeah. a small account person, you're trying yeah. to build your account up, you know, just stay away from catalyst period because, you know, they could, they could be right. You could be right mm-hmm. and you could hit and hit big, but that's like one out of 10 times, you know? Yeah. I mean? If you're, if you're playing an ER lotto, like you assume that the money's gone, like if, it, if you like, you know, hit that 3000 percenter, like fantastic, good for you. But yeah. if you're entering that, you just got to assume it's gone. So you can't risk money that, you know, you need because right. it may not right. be there in the morning. Uh, hey, so I was going to ask just to clarify, like you. So when you're doing um, when you're playing spreads, you have to be doing this from a margin account, right? Yeah. So you do need a margin account. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so when you're opening both of these legs, is that counting as that's two trades for you then, right? When you open a vertical, like, so like I said, there's, there's a lot of different types of spreads. The most basic is a vertical spread, which is um, two strike prices on the same side of the option aisle, whether it's call mm-hmm. and puts on the same expiration, right? A calendar is something a little bit different where, you might be long a monthly, but short a weekly, and your goal is to kind of capture premium as you're waiting for the underlying to make move, right? Yeah. Um, but in just kind of a basic vertical spread, which consists of a call debit, a put debit, a call credit, or a put credit, you typically are entering it in one trade, right? It is two different option legs. You can leg in and out, like I mentioned before, but yeah, it's, it's, it is two legs. Technically it's two trades, but uh, at least on TOS, you're open, you're entering it at the same time. Yeah. I just wanted to to clarify for anybody, you know, near like uh, PDT or anything like that. That's going to, it's going to be two trades. Yeah. So, well, yes and no. So if you're under PDT, which I am in that small account challenge that I'm doing, right? I'm not, you know, I haven't been for a while in my Roth, which is where I, I'm 
play most of my money. But um, with the small account challenge, if you're under 25 grand and you are restricted by PDT, if you enter a spread trade and then you exit a spread trade, it's counted as one trade, right? If you long and short an option at the same time, you enter your call debit or your put debit, and then you close it. That's one trade. If you leg in and out, like where you buy a call and then you wait until later to add a short leg, that's two separate trades. But 99% of the time you're entering at the same time, it's one trade. Gotcha. Typically. Do you enter with, ooh, this is not a, not a good question, but I'm in it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Honey. It's all right. I can't. It's too dumb. I can't. No, it's, it's okay. Ask away. Seriously, There's nothing too dumb. Yeah, nothing too dumb. This is, this, okay, here's the thing about spreads. It sounds a lot more complicated than it is. It's, it's not as complicated as you think. If you could long or short puts or calls, like if you can just take a directional trade, if you've got kind of that part down, then you can play spreads. It's 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 kind of one more step or one more variable that you're dealing with. But, you know, it, it's not really because, like I mentioned before, nine out of ten times you're entering a trade at the same time. Well, that right? you actually have to think speaks... about it as a as a call or a put with a built in hedge. Right. Well, so that that was kind of my question, which makes me feel more confident in asking it. So could you said that that you have to know the direction. But what if you took a spread and just nailed entries like like today? Spy, I guess, like 420, 419 was like a major Mm -hmm support level and what if you entered there and you're like it's either gonna bounce or break this support but either way this is significant could could you play it like that or is the the guessing the direction more important i mean look you you can be as accurate as your ta is right don't don't you know interpret my incompetence as you know something that you shouldn't you shouldn't (laughs) enter trade i'm just my my point is that i'm kind of a bad day trader right to me i like the hourly chart i like the longer time frames i'd rather swing something i mean i very rarely day trade something unless you know it's really staring me in the face um but i mean again especially on weekly options you know swinging weekly options you might you know if open up your account the next day and you've lost 40 percent of the value if it didn't make exactly the move you wanted it to make. Whereas with spreads, you might only lose, you know, 15 or 20%, right? So you you can be as accurate as your TA is as far as, you know, entering a trade. You see a bear flag or an ascending triangle and you're playing a breakout, like you can play spreads the same way as you would play a single leg option. There's just an added benefit that you can enter the trade with, you know, utilizing less buying power because you're receiving that credit and then having this kind of built in hedge where if, you know, you miss time entry, you're going to gain a little bit on your short leg. Um, and that'll kind of give you a little bit of buffer 
you know, you can be more patient with it because you can hold something overnight and not worry about losing 10 or 15% to theta because you, you're technically a part of theta gang, right? When you're playing a spread, a spread play. So, <clears throat> all right, another question. Yeah. So let's say I buy a spread <clears throat> on SPY at 420 mm-hmm. and it drops to 418 mm-hmm. and then eventually goes to 425. Mm-hmm. Could I sell my put at 418 and then ride the call back up to 425? So, again, <clears throat> try to keep in mind that typically with a spread, with just like a regular directional spread, like a vertical, you're playing only calls or only puts. Right? Okay. So, if you're in, you know, a call and a put, it's uh-huh. more of like a straddle or a strangle. It's a different animal entirely. Okay. Um, what you can do is leg in, right? So, here's another great benefit to spreads that you can't do with a single leg trade. You can trade and change the directionality of a play using calls or puts. You can effectively erase a mistake that you've made in the market by using a spread, depending on where you placed your short leg, right? So, not this last Amazon earnings, but the time before that. Um, you know, we're kind of dealing with a market sell-off. Uh, SPY was really heavy. Uh, Amazon had earnings that night, right? Um, I wanted to take a trade into Friday. I obviously had no idea where the Amazon earnings was going to go, but I, I knew I wanted to play it. Um, so what I did is I legged in, right? SPY was kind of selling off. I longed to put, I bought one put, right? I think it was like, I don't know. I don't remember when it was, but let's say, you know, 420 put, right? As SPY was starting to sell off. Now I bought it as a single leg because I knew I wanted to leg in. I wasn't sure which way Amazon was going to send the market because Amazon is kind of a, a, you know, pretty big weight generally in the markets. Mm -hmm. I knew that the earnings was going to move it in a direction or another, right? I figured... Well, if it sells off, you know, my puts are going to print, you know, I could sell a farther out of the money. I could sell, you know, if I have a 420 put, I could sell a 415. I could reduce that cost basis. I could ride my bearish put spread out and I could make a profitable trade. But I didn't know if that, if Amazon was going to miss, right? I didn't know how that play was going to go. Well, Amazon didn't miss. They beat by quite a bit, right? And the market got sent. Okay. Now, if you're trading single legs and you've got long puts at 420 and Amazon pulls the market up five points, you're fucked, right? You're not going to make it. Um, but because you can leg in and out of trades and because you can trade, you know, you can change the directionality of a spread. I turned it into a put credit spread, which is bullish. Right. So Amazon yeeted the market. I bought a couple more 420 puts and then I sold 430, which is closer to the money. So my short leg is now higher than my long leg. I received enough credit back to entirely cover my cost basis on my put. And it wasn't a great trade. I made like, you know, 15 or 20 bucks a, a, a contract, but I effectively erased that mistake. 
because I was able to sell a higher strike put than what my long leg was, it, it created a, a put credit spread. And keep in mind, when you sell a put, that's a bullish assumption, right? Something, if you, know, you hold a bunch of shares in something, you sell puts against it, you think that you basically found the bottom, it's going to go up, right? So by converting that single leg put to a put credit spread, Amazon pulled the market out up, you know, the spreads expired out of the money. I basically erased that mistake and I made like, you know, 15 or 20 bucks per contract that I had. So that's kind of like one of the really nice things about trading spreads is it the directionality of the play depends on where you, you put your short leg, right? If you're long something, if you, you know, you've got calls and you think it's going to continue to go up and then, you know, the market dumps, well, single leg traders are going to just cut their loss and that's it, right? But you could sell a lower strike call and the intrinsic value on that lower strike call is going to be higher than the farther out of the money call, which is your long leg. And that intrinsic value will be represented by premium. You'll be able to capture that premium. And as long as the underlying expires outside of the money on the call that you sold, you, you keep all that money. So you can leg in and out of spread trades anytime you want, and you could you know, change the directionality of your play at any moment. And that's really ultimately how these big funds and Theta Gang like make money despite what PA is. So like when people talk to me about spreads, like I, I wish more people would take the time to learn them because you're really, you're kind of beating them at their own game in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Fascinating. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think yeah. some people might be turned off by spreads because, mm. you know, your, 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 your total gain possible does have like a cap to it. Um, yeah. But, but at the same time, how many people are, you know, are hitting multi-baggers, you know, every single day and yeah, you know, exactly. absolutely crushing it? You know, sometimes yeah. it's, it's just easier to just, you know, you know, pick up the axe and just kind of chip away and just keep going and going. And this seems like a, a good way to protect yourself uh, from any, you know, kind of violent up or down. Yeah, it definitely protects against the knives, right? And and again, kind of going back to what we said earlier in the podcast, like this whole, you know, $100 to a million dollars thing doesn't happen as often as you think, right? And at least in my experience, right? Like I said before, it's pretty easy to load a bunch of low floats and then tweet to 100,000 or 500,000 people to buy it. And, you know, it's like trading on easy mode. Nine out of 10 peoples have got to, you know, they got to do the work. They got to get in the market. Yeah. They've got to survive, right? They've got to grind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're playing like, you know, oh, zero days to expiration or you're trying to swing in a market that's difficult to swing in, it, it's so hard to do on, especially under 25 grand, right? It, it's like everything is stacked against you. So to me, you know, if you're in a small account and you're just trying to make it like, you got to go for base hits, you got to go for safe plays, you got to take your money when you see it. And to me, 
trading single legs intraday is far riskier than trading spreads. You know, you have a built-in hedge. It's, it, you know, you, you, you have the ability to leg in and out. You know, I mean, to me, I don't, I still have a difficult time understanding why people trade single legs when you could literally take a call and the underlying fades and you have the ability with a spread trade to turn that single call into a bearish play or vice versa with puts. Whereas with the single leg, you're just fucked. You just got to sell it. You got to cut your losses, right? So the ability to to manipulate another leg of a trade makes all the difference. And it took me a while to realize that, but finally after blowing up like my third account or whatever I blew up, I always had, had traded spreads fairly well. And, you know, one of my buddies was just like, just stick to that, man. And I just decided to only trade spreads and, you know, I've, I've been fine since. You know, that's what I'm trying to do in this small account is I'm trying to show that if you pick your plays carefully and you trade a spread that's far more forgiving than a single leg play, you know, you keep your losses tight, you know, you take your gains at, you know, 20, 30, 50%, those base hits, they add up. Mm-hmm. I was uh, wrong five times in a row on Tesla last week or two weeks ago when everything was real choppy. I, I started that account with eleven hundred bucks. I traded it down to eight fifty, and then with two plays, I'm over you know fifteen hundred bucks. So, you know, a lot of people talk about how risk management is the most important thing in trading, and you know, if you really mean that, you should be trading spreads, in my opinion, because it's it's literally a, a directional play with a built-in hedge. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fascinating because I know you preach it all the time and I definitely need to do, you know, finally just bite the bullet and do a lot better about educating myself so I'm comfortable making those plays, you know? Yeah. So where does one start in the education process? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube that kind of goes over spreads, you know, the uh, where I kind of started and what I think is, you know, a lot of the ways the gold standard is uh, the Tasty Trade series, Mike and his whiteboard. He explains everything like pretty clearly. Um, It's not overly technical. You can get pretty technical when it comes to, you know, trading spreads, but, you know, pretty easy to follow sort of videos that you know he has is is something that you can kind of start um but again you know it's not as complicated as you think you know if you can take a call or you can take a put all you're doing is you're placing a short leg on that trade and depending on where you place that short leg dictates you know the sentiment of that trade whether it's bullish or biased and you can play calls in a bullish direction. You can play calls in a bearish direction. Same with puts. It all it all kind of comes down to where you're placing that short leg. You know, so what I tell people and, you know, what I, I, I try to advocate is that you, you shouldn't be, you know, linear in the market. You should have multiple accounts. You should have a cash account to day trade single legs. You should have a margin account 
you know, to trade spreads or, you know, hold equity and sell options against it, right? You should always be selling options. Um, if you have kids, you should have UTMAs, right? You should have multiple accounts and you should always be working these accounts in the market, right? Because, you know, the way we are in this country right now, like if you want to get ahead, you, you, you got to play the market. You know what I mean? You can't just work a day job and expect to get ahead. You got to always be working the market. You got to put your money to work for you. So, you know, people who are hesitant to play spreads, it, it's difficult for me to understand why, because everybody's like, oh, I don't want a margin account. You know, find uh, uh, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, two grand and put it in a separate account, enable margin and take a trade at a time. You know, yeah. I mean, you should be doing everything you can to build your net worth every day, right? That's how you get ahead. So, you know, uh, I don't want to burn PDT or I don't want margin or it's too complicated. It's, it's really not. You know what I mean? I'm a f- fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like, I graduated college. I studied history. But, you know, I'm barely fucking keeping it together. And I can trade them, right? So if I can do it, for sure, people who are listening could do it. Um, it's not as complicated as you think. It really isn't. Paper, yeah. I have a question. Do you think? Do you think I'm personally limited in my ability to trade spreads because my beard isn't as long as yours? Do you think that holds me back? Um, well, I'm taking notes, so you need to. I'm ready. You know, typically, if you're spreading cheeks, it does help to have a majestic beard. And I think that there's a couple like Investopedia pages I can send you. That'd be great. Regarding the length of the man main. But, you know. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's got to start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Well, you've got a good base. Yeah. You've got a good base. (laughs) Good base. Like it's a pan. Yeah. Yeah. We've grown through the skin. Honestly, it's too much to be honest with you. Like I have to get this thing cut every two weeks. If if I don't get it cut every two weeks, I look homeless. And people are asking me, like, what am I what am I doing in that store? You know what I mean? Um But no, man, I mean, you know, you got a sexy five o'clock shadow going on. Like you can trade spreads. Thanks, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So I don't. I don't. It's okay. But, you know. but, you know what I do have? Evan, I've been really trying to show off to you during this thing. You I, see my lack of wrinkles? I have. I'm trying to signal you. Look at you go. I got a, I got a go. nice Botox working. There you go. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say so, the words Botox, but now that you said it, you know. Yeah, I got really got my, you see here? Yeah. Got my nice Botox working. Yeah. So I feel like I'm Botoxed up. I'm ready to. Yeah, yeah. You're to ready spread. to go, Penny. <laughs> you're ready to <laughs> never yeah. be surprised by the market now. Because you know what's crazy? Broken. When you apply for level three options, they actually ask you, they're like, do you have a majestic beard or Botox? Wow. Or Botox. Or yeah, Botox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very specific. Okay. Right. Oh, so, champagne you know, has both, I think. I think I, I can. I got the Botox for sure. I got the, sure. I need some time for the beard. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. are you? Yeah. Where'd you get your Botox? Is it here? In my forehead. Yeah. It, my forehead yeah. isn't really going to move. Much. See, now I yeah. haven't, I haven't done that yet, but I feel like as I kind of get older, I feel like it's, it's starting to, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Sorry, oh, you got to get it here. It I hurts got, so bad, but I you got to do it. It hurts so bad. It does. Well, I'm used but, to needles. You know what I mean? I take yeah. testosterone every week, but, you know. I thought it was. The, I thought face. you were referencing your tattoos. I didn't know we were going for the testosterone. Oh, well, yeah, that too. I mean, I got some of those. <laughs> yeah, aren't yeah. you? Isn't that your Twitter handle? Handle Tattooed Trader? Isn't that you? Yeah, I have... Uh, I have a lot. I have my whole left leg done. I've got both sleeves. I have my ribs on both sides. I have my chest. Yeah. Listen, get that Botox. It's not going to hurt as much as a rib tattoo. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I have heard that Botox is more intense than a rib tattoo. I have Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I I think you're right there, Penny, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Evan can hook you up. So yeah. he's a Botox king. Well, he's tank. coming to visit me actually in May. Okay. And, uh, oh, that's when I'm going to get my ass tattooed because I made a really yeah. fucking stupid bet in the shark tank. You did. You did All lose right. a bet there. I did lose a bet. And a bet is a bet, in my opinion. So I'm getting yeah. a shark tattooed on my ass cheek. I like this. I bet that uh, Russia wasn't going to invade Ukraine. And in fact, they did. So. Now I get to have a fucking marine animal on my ass cheek the rest of my life. So I'm pretty excited like about that. You know what sure, I Sure, mean? as we all are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Champagne, are you going to hold him to that? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Of course. He's yeah, actually sure. going to hold my hand. Yeah. During, while okay. my bare ass is exposed, like, I need some yeah. moral, moral support. Yeah, I'm never going to make a bet with you. Oh, I'm always down, Penny. This just in. Yeah. No bets for I'm, me. I'm down for bets. <laughs> all Is right, that guys. What we're all doing? I think we're out every all day, every day. That's all we do. Uh, my husband just came in and said he's lost my daughter. Okay. Oh, well, so, that seems probably. And our time's up. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, Come great back. hanging with you, Blaine. Thank oh, you for it's having It's always me. great hanging with me. I'm a good hang. <laughs> Paper, thanks for all thanks thanks for hanging out with us and thanks for all the info and look yeah. for me in your DMs with questions. Okay, yeah. If anybody has any questions about you know trading spreads, you know, you can DM me on Twitter or you know, Discord or whatever the kids are doing today. Um, yeah. I am always down to answer questions. I think slide into the DMs. Yeah, slide into my DMs, you know. Slide in. Slide yeah. right in. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane podcast. The Penny Lane podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.